Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the It Couple. I'm Dan. I'm Sarah. This is one of our favorite episodes. We had Anthony Antamanek on. He, uh, you know him as President Trump in uh, the best President Trump the best impression. President Trump impression on the Trump Show, the President Show. Sorry, and uh, he also did all those like Bernie, um, Bernie Trump debates with James Adomian. He's got a podcast on Wondery, Don't Panic, which I believe I'll be on at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we uh, we went into Rosemary's Baby, and I think. Him and Henry Zabrowski are the most knowledgeable horror fans that we've had on this. They blew us away with all of their knowledge. I mean, you think... Dan and I fancy ourselves... Idiots. Definite (laughs) idiots. But we started... When we first started dating... We would watch horror movies. That's like what we did. And over the pandemic, we spent the entire month of October watching a new horror movie every night. And so we we understand the tropes and we understand what makes it good, what makes it bad, what makes it cultish, what makes it right. ridiculous. But these guys, well, Anthony, especially with Rosemary's Baby, had so much almost insider knowledge about things like he did the research and kind of understanding the times when when they were making this movie what was going on and and he's fucking hilarious and he's truly one of the funniest people uh and i don't just say that about everyone but i do on this show she does not she does not say it about her husband (laughs) i do i think he's dan has a nice sense of humor let's uh let's check out hey baby let's check out rosemary it's baby fuck me (laughs) He chose you out of all the world, out of all the women, the whole world. He chose you. He arranged things because he wanted you to be the mother of his only living son. His power is stronger than stronger. Yeah, his might shall last longer than longer. Yes, Satan. No! It can't be! He has made me laugh more than almost anybody in comedy i gotta say no as far, no seriously mm-hmm. up there you know i mean like and i don't you know i see a lot i've seen a lot of people but stand-ups thing is stand-ups aren't as funny off screen i don't think because we're like just like oh here's my problem the angry angry the angry, and, yeah, and, angry. And, and, and just like this sucks this is good but uh this guy uh is the best president trump they from know. the trump show all right uh mm-hmm. on comedy central he was also on what we do as a shadows very different role and hilarious oh yeah and uh, one of the best storytellers in new york city Comedic storytellers, not just Spalding Gray talking about kill, his mom killing himself. He went to Emerson, you know. I know. I got in. I wish I'd gone. I, I saw on your Wikipedia. Wait, you got you into Emerson, Emerson? And I went to fucking University of Evansville. I don't know why I went yeah, there. Yeah, but you know why you went there. I went there because my dad was like oh. a legend there. And like they were doing oh, plays. Yeah. And I thought I was going to be like a serious playwright. It's where like Rami Malik went to school. Anyway, oh. it's not. It's my not, mom taught at Emerson. That's why I went. That's, that's why you that went. That's such a good free. school, though. Oh, well, that's there you go. Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. yeah. But Emerson's, that's the best pedigree, I think, for stand-ups. I mean, for comics. Yes, I just learned that Bill Burr went there for a half a second, apparently. Yeah, I don't think he graduated. No, he didn't, but I'm amazed at all the people who went Mm -hmm. through Emerson. And uh, uh, yeah, Dave Cross. Bill's uh, the prototypical thing where it's like, you don't really get funnier as a stand-up than Bill Burr, right? right. I mean, for the most part, he's up. Whether or not he's your favorite or not, he's in that upper echelon. But you talk to him outside, he's like very quiet. Yeah, of course. You know? <laughs> well, he's very Boston. I mean, you talk about someone who's yeah. quintessential. What's so funny is they go, it's funny to go, he's quintessentially Boston. Mm-hmm. Like, he's also just quintessentially New England. And the energy, the rhythm, and the patter of him, it's funny because 
not this is no insult to Bill Burr, but like there's a million guys like him you can meet in Massachusetts, work yeah. in a mechanic shop or work at a grocery store, or whatever. He just was able to cultivate that particular patter, that that energy and cultivate it. It's, so it's interesting right. when you realize that about um, regionally, I think wherever you're from. When you see someone who's a stand-up from that region, you go, oh, they just were able to cultivate this casual thing that's socially done, usually in the working class area of existence, right? And, you know, uh, coming up. That's actually why I think Louis is the greatest, because he doesn't do that. He's just kind of like, no, it's almost just like, this is a pure vehicle for my comedy. Yes, yes, yes. You know, like, I don't sound like anywhere. No. Well, no. What's interesting, though, is he, I was going to say, he uh, cultivated the the sort of uh, uh, disgruntled coffee shop fellow. Like he, (laughs) you know, I mean, not, again, I don't think people cultivate these things like, you know, remember the stand-up comedy book from the 90s? Judy Gold? (laughs) Yeah. In Sarah's Sarah's movie. Yes, she is. The comedy Bible. That's the... That's uh, I I love it. Oh, I've never read that. But that's the book where you write, you fill out like what things are about you, and do you know what I'm talking about? No, I never read it. No, this is not Judy Gold's book. Then okay, this is this is like a workbook, and you're supposed to like call it. It was like. There used there was another artist. Actually, make you fill it out when you're new face. So yes, joking, <laughs> to Montreal. Oh God, Montreal! Can I say something about Montreal? Yeah, yeah go on. We gotta get to the before it, it well, becomes okay. a comedy. Okay, podcast. this is the very last thing. Montreal. Speaking of the Trump, so for years and years I would audition for Montreal and I'd never get it. Mm-hmm. I would never get new faces. Yeah. And so one time I was so pissed. But it I was no, but you did the character one, right? We'll let him finish. I would do the character one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I did this woman named Trudy Singsong who had written My Pet Goat. And she had never gotten to re- read My Pet Goat ever because 9-11 sort of interrupted the big book release. So she reads My Pet Goat and it's a farm parable that's 9-11. It's like about a goat that like has been exiled out of the farm and he sends crows into two corn silos. And, they, and Montreal said, no way. We don't like It's too out there, blah, blah, blah. So the next year, I held a New Faces... That was not real. I just did a show that was a New Faces where I slowly became Hitler over the course of the show. My name was Greg Hitler, and I was the great-grandson of Adolf Hitler. And I had a uh, member of a a guy playing the Montreal person in the Mm -hmm. front row. And I end up, like, caging him away. And, like, because he was, like, I made him. He was a Montreal Jew and all this stuff. And so at the end, I'm screaming Juden at this guy in the front row who was my plan. And uh, it starts to clear out, and two of the Montreal reps come down the aisle at the Beast, at the UCB East, screaming at me. No. What? People in the audience still think it's part of the show. (laughs) Who was this? Was this a singer? I don't remember people. It was a woman and a man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're like, you wasted our fucking time. How fucking dare you? And I was like, what? And they're like, we're from one. You told us that uh, we thought this was a real new faces and we took time out of our schedule. And I went, get your fucking shit together then. It's not my fault that you fucking fell for a fake show, you dumb Wait a minute, they're shit. the ones who coordinate the shows. I was screaming. I was screaming at them from the stage. And then when James and I ended up doing Trump Bernie you at Montreal, there, right? yeah. and we were headlining the festival, oh my God. and we're Variety's new face, right? 
I went up and as Trump did 10 minutes about what a piece of shit festival Montreal <laughs> just for laughs was. And I was like, I don't know if you're out there, but I fucking got up here, you pieces of shit. I was like, it was the ultimate vindication. It wasn't even like you break the accent by the end of it. It's nope. Just, no, it was just pure Trump. Just, it was, just I, it was Trump. Trump being like, I auditioned for new faces. <laughs> he would, I mean, he's funnier than most of the people do. I mean, so, I was going to say. Including myself. But today we're talking about uh, one of my favorite favorite horror movies and obviously your favorite because you brought it here yes uh rosemary's baby directed by roman polanski yes. based on the book by ira levin it's uh levin and polanski uh wrote the screenplay and uh this movie is a nightmare that's yes. the whole movie it's just a you nightmare of this, this uh, woman this woman's nightmare it's it's her yeah it's, it's her gaslighting nightmare. right it's a couple of la layers it's gaslighting a woman right it's all the it's a very interesting portrayal of the paternalism mm -hmm. of the 1960s and how um, she is often a side figure in her own existence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then also the paternalism of the Roman Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. and, and you have these multiple layers of fathers yeah. that are playing out in it. And Levin only made, he only, uh, uh, he never really ended up taking off as a as a person who did more screenwriting no he's mm -hmm. he's a guy who i mean is known as one of the better horror novelists yes. but he's not no he never transitioned and i guess the notion of the book had come from the fact that his mother-in-law was worried that their child would be born on june 6 1966 yeah and so this was where the part of the genesis of rosemary's baby came from as a novel um, but then the book, the movie was released on the day we're recording this. Whoa! Fifty-five years ago today, which was, was not amazing. planned, folks. Not planned. Not planned mm -hmm. at all. We did not get our uh, our 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 story straight to quote Montreal people, but it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's the whole movie. You know, it's interesting too because we had just watched The Shining, and there are no jump scares. The part that's supposed to be the scariest is a little goofy. Yeah. You know, it's like the when rape? when Satan rapes her. Yeah, yes. you're like it's yes. it's like a little cart. It's oh, it's almost like Babes in Toyland, like yes. the devil they use. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> it's almost like a yeti costume. Yes. And, and, and like it's, it's like, not that's the part like... that's not scary at all. And everything else in this movie, is it's terrifying. like Halloween yeah. adventure level <laughs> gloves. Well, it's right. interesting now that Possession got re released on Shutter, and you could watch uh, Possession again with Sam Neill. I've and never seen Possession. I haven't either. You've never seen Possession? No, I've never seen Possession. Watch Possession because what is interesting is the color story of Possession. So in Possession, there's, you know, the primary colors are associated with different characters. Right. And the color map of the film is very interesting as the sort of transition of... I'm... So I was a film theory major. <laughs> well, that's the thing is Sarah and I are not film majors. No. I was like politics and... Uh, I was communication I was a arts. junior. I was, yeah. I was well, not junior. What do you call it? Uh, uh, my minor was uh, political science. So major? And my major was film theory. Oh, geez. No, jeez. No wonder you and yeah. me can't find fucking work. <laughs> I'm theater and international relations. So me and Anthony, we have a lot to talk about, but no practical skills. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I chose this film partly because it's funny you mentioned The Shining also because you could see I really believe that in some ways Kubrick does some tribute to Rosemary's Baby in The Shining um, including color schemes uh, the use of greens in The Shining are directly corresponding to the use of green 
in uh, 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 Rosemary's Baby. Oh, wow. Um, the kitchen- and the cover is green, the famous yeah. cover yes. is green. Yeah. The kitchen color in um, the home before they move, before Danny goes, yeah. mm-hmm. is akin to the kitchen color in the apartment in Rosemary's Baby. So there are, um, there are uh, tributes and also... Think of two films that basically write the story for every other piece of major horror. Any other film that comes out, any mm-hmm. film you watch now, right. is yeah. essentially the roadmap is established by Rosemary's Baby and, and then The Shining as two. I mean, obviously there's, you know, The Omen and, and uh, uh, <coughs> very, Exorcist. I mean, Exorcist and, is very different. but Exorcist is very different, but sets the tone for a different genre. Right? right, because devil worship versus possession are very different. Well, mm-hmm. it's, it's all right? good That's guys true. versus one bad guy versus one good guy versus all bad guys. Yes, you know. Well, and also consider what was going on at the time in the Catholic Church. So you had Kennedy had been assassinated. There was a lot of concern when Kennedy was elected about the power of the Roman Catholicism. Was John Paul already elected by that point? Or was the no, no, seven? John Paul's not in because you have the assassination of Pope. John, I think is it Pope John? Yeah, who right before, which is supposedly by the secret lodge that was established within the Vatican. Yeah. That shifts the whole direction of the Catholic Church and John Paul II, who is Polish. And the reason that the Poles were, they, they wanted this Polish Pope was because of the, de- the, the, the destabilization area, of yeah. Eastern Europe and the, I, the hope to regain control of Poland into the West, which we were talking prior to the podcast. We're now moving further (laughs) East into Ukraine. So, but all these things matter in terms of the story. Get get ready, man. There's going to be a Margaritaville in uh, Moscow by the time we're 70. (laughs) (laughs) There will be. And, but the thing that is interesting is that, um, this, the Catholicism is at its peak power at this time. That's why you have, the Omen, The Exorcist, Rosemary's Baby. You have yeah. all of these discussions about what the power of Catholicism and also the concerns of the burgeoning waspy Anglo world right. that did right. not want the power of the church to usurp uh, their world that we live in now. The like they world. won. Yeah. And they won that war. And the interesting thing is between Saperstein and the other figures. Depicted, there's a there is a bit of a anti-Semitic stripe in there. Mm-hmm. I saw that, and Polanski's Jewish, right? Yes, sure. Mm-hmm. But Polanski, there is a there is something about how you know Mia Farrow's Mia Farrow's parents in this uh, Rosemary's parents do not support her uh, marriage with Guy Woodhouse, who's played brilliantly by John Cassavetes. So great. Uh, because one of his parents is Jewish. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's like, and then it starts to get your thing. It's like, wait, is that why she was picked? Like, yes. Well, we it, it's, to- it's a real weird self-hating Jewish tropes. Well, I think that there's self-hating Jewish tropes, but I also think there's this like, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, the idea that Guy, right? What a great name, mm-hmm. right? The yeah. vague name mm-hmm. and Guy who is like, you know, the, the thing to me, the horror movie of this movie before it's satanic is the horror of the mediocre husband. Like, I'm watching it thinking about... Who just about, loses his light throughout the whole movie. Yes. His, and, se- and sells himself. Yeah, it becomes, but becomes more, successful. more successful. But then diminishes who he is as like a person. Yes. So like his star rises. But I think that's what happens to everybody that 
co-signs with uh, yes, you know the devil no truly <laughs> yes. it's like I'm gonna give you this but I need this I mean you really are selling your yeah. soul so but he is just a, he's just an empty shell and then by, by the, the end, end of it like when he throw, when she throws water on him on his face doesn't even seem that big of a deal because he's nothing at that point yeah. yes He's no. nothing. He is truly just a guy. He's just yeah. a, right? a vessel. To He's like just get, a yeah. guy. And in the beginning, but throughout is a contempt much like uh, Dan, uh, uh, Torrance, like Jack Torrance. Yeah. There is a contempt that you can see uh, with her even early on. There's mm-hmm. a slight um, dismissal and uh, uh, when they're going through the apartment, right? And then they leave and they're walking. She goes, oh, guy, can we get it? Mm-hmm. And he goes, I'll see. I'll see if I can like get Hutch to get us out of the thing, right? That even in that thing, she's, she is dependent and childlike to him, right? And he's in charge. And then in addition to that, there's the diminishing of her um, agency, right? And her being like all through him, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, he was in Luther and right. he was in Ba. And that sad repetition yeah. that happens, because I think of myself. I think of when someone, my wife or whoever, is like, well, you know, he had the present show and he's on the da. And you go, oh, I'm fucking guy. Like, there's yeah. a part of it that's oh, like I'm a guy. Night- when I watched guy. this, I was like, oh, this is like, there's some of the things too. It's like, it, it, it's that thing too that only I mean you'll only know as a wife of a comedian when you could, like right. even she came home yesterday I haven't seen her in like three days and I was pissed off about something career wise she goes how are you I'm like ugh yeah. I'm depressed just, more's I not can't. going on yeah oh yeah you know it's just and I shut down emotionally when that happens <laughs> like I've heard it so oh, many times no, that I sort of have this too. yeah you just have to like I'm like do you want advice or you just want to vent and so if he wants yeah, to she vent she gets excited when I talk about my dead mom who died three months ago <laughs> oh yeah ago. no that I want to fucking like, All right, dig well, let's, let's deep dig into on. that because that's like a real <laughs> thing actually, maybe we can fix right? that's a real thing I'm like thing. I have no control over this <laughs> fucking business not Anthony and Tamina getting a hosting job on Wondery over you I'll be doing Anthony's podcast. I'm very how hilarious happy for would it be you. If I, get <laughs> if I were him, I Dude, would be furious. Uh, I would I was, have privately I was, fumed. No, I actually was. <laughs> no, I, she was there when I got it. I was like, well, it was Anthony. And we were like, good. Uh, like, like, like it went Anthony. to someone you like who's very I mean, don't get me wrong. I wasn't thrilled. <laughs> I was going to say. I was not like, oh, I'm about just anything. glad Anthony got it. Wait, I was just on. more like, Good shit happens to Dan and he's still not thrilled. It's always like, oh, well. I'm always confused. And this is probably the worst version, which I said to you before. I did Me and not. Anthony even, were up for the same thing, by the way, and Anthony yeah. got it. And I case. didn't even understand what was <laughs> happening. I I'm so out of the loop mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, they have this idea and they want me. <laughs> I had no idea it was important that people had worked on it. None of it. I just thought, oh. And also, when we did the, they were like, do the pilot, uh, you know, uh, just talk about it. So I was like, yeah, okay. So I talked about some thing with somebody about a panic situation. And that was the end of that. This is why you have to not give a shit anymore when you do things. Because Dan, like, studied stuff. I know we're getting off topic. No, we'll I'm talk the about same Rosemary's as Baby to, in a second. No, if I know, what I'm saying is I had no idea right. the stakes of it. But he did, and so that's why See, he was If super, I know the stakes, yeah. forget kind of, it. Are it's you actually better me? if you guys just show up and be you. Have you done the SNL funny. audition thing? Oh, oh you must yeah. have done that so many times. I, no, only just one once. time. Only Speaking one of, this time. This is like Rosemary's Baby. You want to talk about Rosemary's Baby? I want. Did you? Yeah. Just, 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 just uh, fucking. Uh, <laughs> Would you sell your soul as, to be on SNL? Not at all. As as Roman Casavet, you know. No, as Roman Casavet. No, I'll tell you why. 
well, I will say this. You have your own show, mm-hmm. but you get to do what you want. Yeah. So like I got to do it. Listen, I could go the rest of my life never having done anything else. I got to do what I wanted. That yeah. is rare in this you industry. Know, I feel, I feel the same true. way about all my CMT panel, exp- <laughs> panel experience. I have more useless TV credits. I've been on 25 different oh, TV shows, God. and I don't think any of them... I, maybe people recognize two of them, you know? I was on The Blaze for a year. What you were on The Blaze? What's The Blaze? The Blaze was the right wing. What were you doing It was like right wing. That's like Tommy Loren, right? It was Tommy Loren and... Uh, you were on that? Uh, uh, what's his name? Who's the guy who passed out? Glenn Beck. He was actually... They just uh, put him in a... Put him in a dunk tank, and it called it called Jew. <laughs> would just, the guest would come on and throw something, and then and then Anthony would get to talk on whether or not he fell in the tank. No, so it was called the BS of A, and it was an a right wing alternative to the Daily Show. But a lot of UCB folks were writing on it, like in quiet, Secretly. right? Oh. Well, that's happening and, on Greg now. That's happening on Greg. Yeah, now. and With so stand-ups. and so I, uh, they said, hey, you could do characters there. And it's in and out. Do it one time. No one ever sees it. Okay, so I did it one time as a favor, and they and I and they said, "Hey, you should come back." I go, "How's this? I'll do it, but I want carte blanche, mm-hmm. and I will not do anything politically that I'm not into." I said, "Let let me just say that right now. So if you want me to advocate for some position, I'm not going to do. You don't that. want me to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not going to have me sign welfare queens. Right, right. I'm not going to do anything fucked up. And they went sure. So I would do. It was great because I got to do a bunch of characters. The best was one time I played Hitler on there and I talked about how uh, I was like, I love Glenn Beck because we're so aligned. We're so politically aligned. I was like, this guy's like really (laughs) taking what I've said and ran with it. (laughs) And they aired the whole thing. Oh my God. They aired it. Well, they held it. I'll give them credit. Did he laugh? Glenn Beck's too liberal for him now. Glenn Beck's too liberal for them, but also I remember, and listen, I there's no love lost with me and Glenn Beck, but, but I did see him and I went, I couldn't believe you had that Hitler thing. And he's like, hey, he goes, if it's funny, it's funny. And I went, all right. I said, whatever, man. I actually you heard really off state, like I heard Alex Jones is an asshole, like complete asshole. Glenn's obviously. nice. He's right, but I heard Glenn's kind of nice. All right, I'm sorry. About, Baby, okay. why, don't you, why don't you go into it? No, no, no. Okay, okay. so a uh, couple things about this movie. It was Polanski's American debut as a yes. director. Yes, Originally, they wanted Robert Redford to play Guy. No. And then he was tied to something else and couldn't They didn't That's want good, Mia they Farrow at first. They would have added too much shit. They yeah. would have made yeah. it all about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so then they, they settled on, um, Cassavetes and this other thing was interesting. So when Roman decided, okay, I want to look at the cast, he drew them. So like, that's how we have so many interesting faces. And he gave that to the casting, like a storyboard. Oh, you know, you go on commercials yeah, and they're like, yeah, this is yeah. kind of what we're looking for. I can't that's draw for shit. Did. Like everyone I came <laughs> in would have like, like giant circular heads. Say, and everyone would be like a de- <laughs> deformed <you> elephantitis <laughs> head. They're like, they're like, well, yeah, we just got background at a burn war. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and Nicholson was also, I think he did a screen test for this as well. So it's interesting. Really? He's kind of always been, in you know, he would have been good in this because he wasn't big enough to take over the movie yet. But yes. he wasn't attractive enough. Like, Guy, you kind of believe something's holding him back from being a leading man because he is handsome. What is it? And then you find out. But you also, Guy, when he's rehearsing, 
in that scene with the crutches. Yes. Guy's not a good actor. <laughs> and yeah. that's my other favorite part of it is that guy's mediocre mm-hmm. at best. Which yes. is why he needs to sell his soul right. or his wife's right. and, you know, uterus at this point to find fame. To and, be a vessel and to for be the a vessel. devil. Exactly. So, okay. So the movie starts out, we're in this building. It is the Dakota. It's the actual Dakota where John Lennon was shot. In fact, um, where the where where the girl jumps, the first girl that they try to make the concubine, where she lands, is where, where she lands is where, shot. where Lennon was shot. Is that true? Yes. Oh, Ten the, years, like tw- thirteen years later, he was yes. shot right outside that entryway. Uh, right there. Little, yeah. Right yeah there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. I, that's how I picked my general practitioner. My doctor is his office was across from the Dakota. Really? I went, I wanted to go to a doctor across the street from where John Lennon died. It didn't help the polio. (laughs) But it did did help with my New York City sightseeing. So the building is somewhat creepy, (laughs) right? Stupidest reason again. It is. That's (laughs) Okay, go on. So, okay. So they walk in the building. They're seeing an apartment. It's a big, beautiful building. It's kind of shitty inside. Yes. Like it's tattered. Even if you go down but the, the hallway. the rooms are, de- are delicious. They're no, beautiful. The, it is the apartments are gorgeous. Beautiful. But how are, how are, what has he done? Theater? There's rot in the like, floor. How does he and get? also it's the it Upper West Side too. in 19... It's, 19, it's okay. also 1965. So the, the Upper West Side floor. in 1965 was not desirable yet mm-hmm. at this point. Got it. it so that makes sense. Then? I got a good What was desirable? Just Midtown? Upper East Side. The Upper East East Side was where the money was. The Upper West Side was pretty run down. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, uh, I mean, my mom lived there in 1956. And like, you know, the Upper West Side... Was, it was like working class, right? It was a lot of working class, yeah. but it was also heavy uh, Puerto Rican influence. Mm-hmm. This is where West Side Story comes from. I mean, this is right. Wait, what this is West Side Story very, is all about. Very right. different vibe than West Side Story, this movie right. does. Oh, this movie is exactly the same as West Side Story. <laughs> so we meet them. They're in the apartment. They're, okay, we're going to take it. She wants it. They Anthony's find the dresser point. that's blocking oh, the, the closet. Yep. And then she goes, why is the, you know, mm-hmm. why would there be no... And she was an old woman that lived there who had slipped yes. into a coma and, and who, eventually and died. on a piece of paper she says I, I can no longer associate myself and never finished the letter yep. she was the herbologist for these people mm-hmm. so that's yeah. right for the neighbors and my cousin's name is Tannis by the way is it really yes <laughs> which is a, the which is the uh, fictitious root yes the, the, the devil's you root. never hear that name anymore Tannis um, no no Tanner is, here in 90 sitcoms. Yeah. Tanner for um, Tanner 88. Tanner 88. So, okay. So they, <laughs> they tell Hutch, who's her good friend, yes. that um, they're going to get this apartment. Hutch would have been in Tanner 88. That, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in that universe, <laughs> Hutch is in Tanner 88. And he yeah, somehow yes, sure. knows about this building. So he's like, oh my God, it's, it's like, you know, this Also cannibalism. for Hutch, you think it's going to be like a fun guy and you meet him, he's just like another old guy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hutch is, yeah. Hutch is just, but he's sort of an old, I think... It, nowadays, he would have been the gay friend. That, well, yes. that's what I but thought just he was British. the whole time. Yeah, yes, he I would be Bo and Yang in the yeah. 2023 <laughs> Rosemary's Baby. 
And she would be, she would be like a surrogate. It would, it wouldn't be as good. No. Um, so he's warning them of this building. Girl, you do not want to live in that building. <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst Bo and Yang. Thank God you could do a good Trump because that is yeah. that may be the opposite of your. I think Bo and Yang's like, that was like safe. that was like <laughs> Hank Azari in the Birdcage or something. Yeah, that's the best that I was. could do. <laughs> Girl, you don't I think you were just trying girl. not to do an offensive Asian accent, so you leaned yeah. oh, on the gay. I wanted to make sure I swallowed everything very, very tight to the throat <laughs> so that there was no way I could go in any direction other than just vague. Okay, so they move in, they fix it up, they yes. paint it, it yes. looks pretty now, and... <laughs> Because Hutch has, by the way, warned them. He's like, yeah. "Stay away. It's a weird building, but also you you already signed the whatever yes. the mortgage. You got it. They cool. did. Yeah, yeah. They did. Yeah. But he was like, it was the Trench sisters, and so you just kind of find out. All right, the building's a little creepy. We're cool. Yep. She's down in the laundry room. She meets this woman, young who, Italian. Uh huh. And she she's got black hair. And she's a grifter. <laughs> And she says that probably this, a street product. I mean, she's probably really a sex a worker. She was a yeah. she was a drug addict. Right. Right. Yeah, drug and addict, they, sex worker. So they wanted her. Uh, so she was taken in by this lovely older couple that we hear about. We don't see yet. And she's got this medallion. Minnie and, and Roman Castavet. That's right. Yes. And she has this little necklace. And she's like, oh, you know, it's for protection they gave me. And blah yep. blah blah. So great. Rosemary made a friend. Excellent. Next, she's walking home with Guy later, I think yes. like the next day, and they see that police, you know, the police are surrounding the building and this woman has jumped. And there's the dead body. And there's a dead body. And this is the first time we meet Roman and Minnie. And Minnie, yep. And they, by the way, could not give a shit that this woman jumped. There's no tears. Yeah. There's not shock. Well, They're there's disappointment. Like, oh. Yeah, she yeah. goes, oh, I can't be here. Yeah. <laughs> That's Let pretty good. Check a That's really way good. Way better than your bow and yang, for sure. <laughs> this is my bow and yang. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they're, I'll, I'll, I'll take over. They're kind of off to the races at this point. Uh, the cast of Etz, um, and, and, and jump in anytime, Anthony, if there's something you want to talk oh, yeah. about. Uh-huh. The, the cast of Etz, um, they essentially become, you know, they're older friends, which is, all, even when I first saw it, it's weird because they're so much older than they are. Yeah. But they start, like... She's ro- also super pushy, Minnie. Ro- like, she yeah. pushes her yeah. way into Well, they're the very typical. And- I mean, I, what's interesting is I would say this is like... I think also it's considering the time. I like to try to consider that time. Mm-hmm. The pushy older neighbor. I mean, I have a pushy older neighbor mm-hmm. right now. Oh, yeah, we have one and, too. Right, yeah. And mm-hmm. so like you have the pushy older. So they take it to the nth degree, right? The right. pushy older neighbor. And she comes in and tours. It goes, oh, look what you did with the kitchen. So much brighter and mm-hmm. all that, right? Yeah. But what's, uh, uh, what I wanted to say is, is also the dream um, sequences is you have that... Um, First time that she hears feel them very Kennedy next door. the dream sequences. Yeah. Yes, well, and also the nun, the first one where it's her and the the nuns, yeah. and then it like pans over and she's in the bed. And I have to say, there's very few movies that I feel do dreams justice. Yes, this, this is does. one. This does. No, this uh, does. Altered States is one. I've never seen Altered States. Oh, with William Hurt, fantastic yeah. movie. Uh, I think uh, a, a brainstorm. Mm-hmm. This whole movie feels like a dream. This whole movie yes. feels yeah. like a nightmare. You know, like yes. it, it's just her nightmare. And you know, essentially, what happens is, you know, um, dreamscape. She, I mean, not brainstorm. Dreamscape. Yeah, yeah. Um, she starts. Uh, she ends up hooking up with uh, 
with her husband. They're having a date night. Yep. They have some chocolate mousse, which is, of course, drug. Which she brings over, which Minnie which brings Minnie over brings the mousse. Over and-, and she could taste that it's chalky. And this is one of these instances of recurring instance of the lack of agency mm-hmm. that she has as she goes, it's chalky. And he says, oh, it's not chalky. It's more of that gaslight. Yeah, you're and, right? and she goes, and she goes, well, and then she goes, you eat it. And he goes, no. He goes, come on, you have it. Uh-huh. He's being Which, very forceful about this And the thing is, is that to me... He's already in on the deal at this point. Well, because they had already, prior to this, they had drinks with them. Yes. And remember, she's helping, like, it's weird, it's weird food and all this stuff, and and she's helping her dry the dishes. And when she goes in, you see Guy and uh, Roman... And they're just sort of chatting, and well, then they get very quiet. Well, they're talking about his career, which but is all But I think you need that's when they also decided. That's the moment I well, think well, that, that he first decides. time at the apartment, Roman is cloaked in darkness, in the corner of the room, and everybody else in the other side of the room. Yeah. And um, if you if you notice the positioning of where he is, the bassinet. There's the bassinet is where he at the end of the film yeah. is oh, where he is seated near where he's seated at that. You see that interior of the apartment three times. Yeah. You see it when they come over to visit. Yep. You see it at the New Year's Eve party. Mm-hmm. And then you see it um, at the end. At the baby. Yeah. At the yeah. baby. Um, and you meet this, the cast of character, like the, the larger satanic cult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and this is one of the things that's said in interviews about it, is that the regret that uh, the author had was that he felt he brought Satanism to the mainstream. Yeah. He brought this type of esoterica to the, the mainstream because, the you know, the strange sort of wicked or not wicked, uh, deformed stepsister to to this movie is The Ninth Gate, also directed by Roman I have Poland. not seen mm. The Ninth Gate. Is it... Terrible. It's, it's bad, right? That's what I heard. Terrible. And it's like... It's, it's Johnny Depp opening a portal to hell or something? Yes. And there's a hotel that's featured in another Roman Polanski film. Roman Polanski tends to do films that have to do with a man and a younger woman often. Mm-hmm. Surprise, Hello. surprise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one, I forget the name Rosemary's of it. isn't that bad, though. It's... No, that you're they're believable. What's creepy... No, but she's still a baby. She's, she's still, still a baby. baby. But yeah. what's interesting is like offline holy shit anthony you can't see this but anthony just broke up broke out like nuclear physicist classes (laughs) he looks like he's fucking watching oppenheimer oppenheimer (laughs) test the (laughs) that's the biggest explosion i've ever seen (laughs) you never see him put it back down just as stylistically on the way down Well, speaking of which, Woody, uh, 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 Woody Allen's future wife mm-hmm. is, of course, in this film, mm-hmm. and future yeah. ex-wife, and, she and was future with Frank Sinatra. But she was a Sinatra at when the she time. Was Nineteen, and she cut. Yes, she was. 19, and she cut her hair. Uh-huh. Uh huh. When she cut her hair, Guy's reaction was his is Sinatra's reaction. Sinatra had a fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the set because he was lingering mm-hmm. the whole fucking time. Well, he hated this, right? Yeah. He hated They broke every, up in the middle of it, yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. He hated every bit of it and um, uh, uh, you notice Guy's uh, reaction to her hair is to me also his decoupling from her happens after that first night, that first dinner. 
They're no longer together, in my Wait, opinion. Wait, does she get raped with the longer hair or the shorter hair? Shorter. I thought she's raped. Shorter. I thought she no. I think no, she's got with the, the longer, longer hair. She's already pregnant oh, when she cuts her hair. Gotta pay attention. She to is pregnant. Yes, she gets she's pregnant, pregnant. And literally two scenes later, you also only see the outside. This is another thing is one of the rare films that shows New York mm-hmm. in the '60s, like uh, in a street level. Right, not a very not a set. No, it was there. Uh, it was crazy. I mean, they were in front of Avenue Americas. I was just there at Sirius the other day, and I'm like, oh, this is the same place. This is nuts. There's also like that moment where she's walking through the traffic that apparently Polanski's like just walk out. Like it wasn't. There were no stunts. Those cars were real. People were really honking at her. Like it was. Uh, she was put through. Um, I think she was put through her paces. I have Fran- a frantic. Frantic. Okay. Anthony. Yes, and the movie is frantic. <laughs> Just so you know, Ooh, when you watch The Ninth Gate, there's a Which hotel that he goes to. It's a famous hotel in Paris. Um, in Frantic, it's where Harrison Ford stays. Harrison Which Ford, I have not seen that movie. Yet. So in Harrison Ford, it's, really it's, it's interesting because it's another one where it's like his wife, his older wife goes missing while he's in the shower. And then he meets this beautiful young woman who's like, his partner to look for his wife and like clearly they you know fucking fuck yeah and then they find the older wife and she's like it's fine it's fine you needed to do what you needed to do so like (laughs) there's this theme in these polanski movies of this sort of like older man older man Mm -hmm. ditches the i mean frantic is the age appropriate Frantic is the male, is the toxic male fantasy. My old crone fucking wife wants to go get fucking dinner and we're on vacation and all I want to do is go fucking find young puss and oh, what, if only she could go into the fucking shower and disappear and then she does and then you go meet some young Parisian girl and run around Paris. So it's like, it's the ultimate toxic male fantasy. All right. right, Um, I have a question, Anthony. This is a little bit off topic. Yeah. If you had to rank who's the craziest on a crazy scale, Roman Polanski, Mia Farrow, Woody Allen, um, how would you ooh. rank that? Because Mia Farrow, ooh. because of the Woody Allen, she gets a pass for some crazy yeah, shit yeah, she's yeah, done, yes, man. Yes, yes, <laughs> She's, you know, here's what I'll say. I give Mia the pass because I feel like... Oh, we don't know what a lot of women, and this is what's interesting about the depiction of Roman and Minnie in the show, in the movie, mm-hmm. which is that there's also a sort of look at greatest generation people, right? And how fucking crazy people of that era were. And mm-hmm. I find that when I watch this film, I'm a little older than this. So like, you know, I mean, I'm a little younger than this. So like mine was like the mid to late seventies was right. sort of my first memories. Mm-hmm. But a lot of things in this film they're connected because the times aren't that far apart. So like, I remember like the, you know, the tube TV being on playing the ball game and the, right. just the atmospherics of the movie. I deeply connect to, and I'm, I'm going to get to this point of Mia Farrow. So part of connecting to that is I don't know if we know what the women that we know as our, you know, people who are in their eighties and seventies. Now, what would they have been like if they hadn't to go through decades of just, not only just personal abuse, 
but institutional abuse. And mm-hmm. not like it's perfect now, but it's way better. I mean, obviously, it's way, she way better. She does get a pass. You're absolutely right. So I'm right. saying in mm-hmm. terms of like who Mia Farrow is, I don't doubt that Mia Farrow's a nutbag, but I wonder what kind of nutty would she be if she hadn't been with Frank Sinatra, if she hadn't been directed by Polanski at 19, mm-hmm. and if she hadn't gotten with Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. Like, who would she be? She might still be a bad shit because also she comes from bad shit stock. Right. I mean, anybody yeah, who's getting into the film business, you well, I was just going to gonna say, you already have to be kind them. of unhinged to yeah. be. And that Personally, I think Woody Allen. I think Woody movie. Allen is the the sickest weirdo of the bunch, and I'll tell you why. One, there's the stepdaughter thing, mighty mighty Aphrodite. No, but there is the fact that in his movies, he like a serial killer. You know, like a serial killer just plays out the same thing over and over right, again. Right, they have right. a ritual. Yeah. His movies are all about a man who ends up meeting a teenage runaway who brings her into his home and then she takes on his persona and only once she becomes him does she understand that she wants to have sex with him and then after that he is able to let her go and he and she can be with someone her own age and there's something Fucking crazy about that. There is something crazy them. about that. I do think it did, did not help with the the Dylan accusations that, um, but uh, <laughs> it did not. That- I'm sorry. I actually don't believe those. I just want to talk about that part of what I talked about. <laughs> but uh, uh, but I'm I, I'm just uh, you know it's 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 very weird. It's it's not great. Another question I had for you, Anthony. Yes. As a as a sometimes struggling actor. What role would you give up your wife's uterus for Satan for? <laughs> oh my God. Captain of the Enterprise. You really? <laughs> what? If they, I had such an instantaneous. <laughs> I had such an instant answer. So to be Captain Kirk, you would give your wife's well, uterus to, be to the devil, like Captain Pike. You know, like like I anybody want, on it. I would want to. You got to be a regular though. You can't just be a. Yeah, I, in other words, I mean a Star Trek. I want a, a flagship Star Trek series like Strange New Worlds where mm-hmm. like I'm going to be the captain of this ship. Yeah. Maybe it's the story of the Enterprise G or something, you know, sort of post next gen and I'm going to be the new captain and like new crew and it's going to have like a discovery run of like six seasons. Wait, hold on. Like, what would yours be? That's what mine would be. Dan, what would yours be? I feel like it would literally just I, be like I a guest the, star the right, role. The, the right answer like, when your wife is sitting next to you is no, there no, is no. No, but there's, we all have that one thing. What would you say? I don't know. I don't even fucking have. Mine I would used be to a, have. be a casting director on a show that runs for like 27 I seasons. I wouldn't mind. Like yes. a CSI. I'll yeah. like give. I also don't have a uterus, so I'm just you know like, what I, take I would, whatever's left. I would have left. to give his like cock away Oh, fine. I mean, I would do that for like, like a, a film. I just like to work right now. I would give my I've said to him, I've asked. Said to him, I fantasize about not having a cock quite Wait, a bit. He he had a guy that was like hitting on him that could have helped him with his career, and I'm like, blow him, let him way. blow you. Like I don't give a shit. Like we have rent to pay. We're I didn't marry like a scientist a or a lawyer. I married a comedian. Like we are both fucked in this business. And if you see so. this guy's this guy's type, you're like, oh, he's definitely was hitting on me. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. He, he likes bears. He, he likes, likes bears. a bear. Oh, for sure. You want know, to tell you what I would never do for anything is sew my asshole shut. But what? Because I like to duty too much. <laughs> You know, I would say yes or no for me because I have such bad hemorrhoids. You know, like oh I don't god, know. no one wants to go in there. Okay. But I, you know what? I wouldn't mind being like a, a like a cop, like a cop. 
Like in a like one of those Idris Elba and Luther. Like I would be yes. good as like yeah, a, yeah, that's yeah. a tormented cup. For? You just for told me you would do it for like a fucking procedural. So don't give me. <laughs> yes, but that's like <laughs> twenty years. Just so I you think can Captain of the, the Enterprise still wins. <laughs> I think, I think so, so too. I mean, I we're all horrible, but yeah, we're all still wins. Yeah. By the way, also that it's not gonna. I auditioned for uh, who's the guy who ends up being the the in Maisel the talk show host. What's his name? I don't name? know. I haven't seen that show. Ever. Oh, yeah, my wife watched it. So I auditioned to be the guy, right? Who is the talk show host and who was supposed to be akin to Jack Parr? So I did a lot of what we were talking about earlier. I did a lot of research on Jack Parr. I sort of looked at his nature, how he was, right? Mm. Okay, you know, and it was cool, actually. This is sort of when I did a deep dive on your show of shows, where when you dive into something... Oh, it's Reed Scott. Yes. You dive into something and you go, oh, this whole idea that, like, things age out or change is not true. That, like, the shit done in your show of shows was not only edgy, but a lot of it was immersive, edgy stuff that they were doing Mm -hmm. in television studios in the 50s and 60s. Like, it's not, you know, Betty White was doing, essentially was a YouTuber, but on television in 1950. She Mm -hmm. was doing five hours a day, every day, five days a week, producing a show. Don't give me, like, TV history, but, like, I just think it's interesting how we want to tell ourselves this story that it's always different and it's always new and it's not. We're doing a fucking radio show. Like it's always well, not the same. No. It's all the same all the time. Um, but uh, I'd say yes and no to that. I, I do think that, you know, you need to have, I, you know, like. There's a hype man quality you have to have about yourself that was never, you never really needed to have that in the 50s. Like, you know, now you're a brand. I don't think that that's gone that way. Like, you know, comedians are just, they're they're already underwear salesmen, you know, like, um, so it's. But you had a paternal, but you had, but here's the thing. You had a studio system. Yeah. You trade things out. So like the whole thing was there was an argument against these institutional systems because they were gatekeeping, right? Right. And now there's no gatekeeping. And now there's no gatekeeping. You know what happens? Everyone's just fucking passed out on the lawn. And no and everyone's getting and only the most psychotic psychopathic pieces of shit make it into the house and and the sad truth is nothing's changed in this industry because we all know the predator fucking reptile that we're like everyone's like i love them oh my Mm -hmm. god i love them and you're Mm -hmm. like they are a psychopath piece of shit Mm -hmm. and like they should not be anywhere near success that's actually that was uh, sarah's first words to my father and my sister one day now um oh what are we talking about we gotta oh, get this okay, is, let, me, yeah, yeah. let me speed up. Okay, yeah, we're gonna, I'm gonna do a sped up a version of this plot. Okay, so like we're basically off to the races. She's pregnant with the demon's kid. But wait, can we just talk a little bit about that though? Because I like to think that like some of these people haven't even seen this movie and they want yeah. like a little bit more of a synopsis. It's mostly about Anthony and Star Trek. This so episode. she has the pudding. She exactly. Yeah, she has the moose. She has the the moose. She gets a little dizzy. He's like, "Oh, you're drunk again." Gaslighting. Mm-hmm. You're drunk. And then he puts her to bed and she has that fucked up dream, but it's kind of nice. She's on a boat, but then Second everybody's dream. naked. Well, and okay. then One thing she we noticed feels the devil raping her. From, yes. from doing this, because we've done a couple so far, is that uh, the biggest overused horror trope in good horror movies not is the naked old people. 
Oh, the Shining, yes, yes. Hereditary. Hereditary yes. had it. This, yeah. um, What's scarier than like an old fat man's balls? Why well, take care of you know? Yeah, yeah. Take, well, the ultimate yeah. nightmare too is seeing your parents naked or your grandparents naked, yes. right? Yes. And I think that uh, I saw my grandmother once run from the shower to the bedroom as I came up, and I was like five, oh. and I like walked into the kitchen door because we lived in a split unit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just always would go upstairs, and my grandma ran naked, and I saw that gray bush and i was like what the fuck and i was like wait a minute i was like why is like her like stomach and pussy like falling off like what is happening i was like what the fuck is going on and it was like oh that's what happens when you get old like it looks like your genitals are like just... the the twin towers like right before they collapse like right as like the part of the building's like starting to come off like that's what old people's genitals look like like a slab well, it's, it's of stone coming off of the like, edge where your dick doesn't get bigger but your balls do yeah. so it's well, like it becomes this like grandfather like uh, like door knocker you know yes, like your whole yes. right. you could, okay. so it's a nightmare so it's so. a nightmare and also the dream scene that's I would argue there's nothing pleasant about it because even the way they shoot it they put a real hard and uh, neutral density filter on mm-hmm. so that even though it's bright and sunny out yeah. mm-hmm. there's this sense of um, darkness over yes. it so even as bright and sunny as it is and also she's naked but then she's uh, in the bikini on the boat mm-hmm. um, and again you have this gathering right just like the school you have a gathering right. there's a gathering there mm-hmm. of people so the idea that she's in and out of it I would say it's awful it's a fugue state less than it's a dream okay do we think that when they're when she's being raped do we think everybody really was there watching her because i got yes. the sense that like they all came in she's been drugged that's why Let's that watch. dresser was in a, front of the closet the closet was the secret way eating, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a secret entrance in the door that's why that dresser was blocking the closet so she's pregnant she goes to um charles groden who i love so yes. much um, who everybody in this movie you're like when are they going to like become an evil person like that's what I think throughout and the whole is the movie. most interesting one because he's not part of the cult but he just gives them up because but you know she's why a woman he does? and yes he's right. a, and and they're well, she's a hysterical woman so he's like yes. I'll call up your doctor let me and, call this doctor who seems reputable I mean he knows the name Saperstein Jew but then he very Jewish and, they they really yeah, yeah, pulled they the Jewish really. Jewish name besides Doctor Gavelovich Doctor Torah um, okay. Doctor, it's it's cold in here. <laughs> so she's she's pregnant. This is great. Everybody's celebrating. Everybody's gathering around her. They want to take care of her. Don't take those vitamins. We're gonna make you things. This we have all organic these special drink, thing. drink. This thing. And then at some point, when does Rosemary start realizing she's being drugged? Well, it plugs. So it plugs into this idea also of the new agey shit that was happening in the sixties. Right. And so this whole idea of the young couple, the young idea and like the predatory leeching of the greatest generation folks on these young people. Right. So this Mm -hmm. idea is also like, there's this thing about generational leeching and bleeding off of. Right. So the idea is when she, you know, when, when she gives her that natural drink, right. There's this idea of like, there's they're this hip bohemian couple. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she gives her the drink. She realizes the drink after Hotch uh, goes into the coma, right? And then she finds out what's going on, and she she uh, and and that was the I remember because she says to her, 
Minnie, she goes, Minnie, I'm not going to have the shake tonight, today. Mm-hmm. I've got to go meet somebody. Right. Then she runs into Minnie mm-hmm. after she learns, and Minnie goes, oh, Lord, I can't believe I'm finding you here on the street. You got to go rosemary. Yeah, yeah. You got to come back to the apartment. Right. So they go back, gives her the drink. Uh-huh. That's when she starts to realize that the pain is directly related to the shake. She stops drinking the shake. She starts to look better. And that's because the friends. Remember, she has a party with their normal friends. And normal women are like, and he's like, girls, help me carry this out. And they all kind of surround her. And they're like, Who were also all beautiful. So I'm sure Roman was was like, well, I can't get... She's already with someone, so I'll make all the friends. <laughs> yeah, but no one was underage, so he wasn't interested. Um, so she. They are uh, squarely of age. That's they the are. One thing. Unfortunately. I'm like, These girls are hot and of age. What's going on They're here? They're women. They're not girls. Well, this is pre Tate. I always wonder what, like, Sharon Tate's murder mm-hmm. did. You know, trauma can trigger things that are in people. It can trom- It can trigger them to then act. But do them you out. think? Because people think a lot of stuff that happened with this movie. Because people think that like part of that was because of the film that it was anyone that worked on it. It they, they somehow developed like this haunting the, the guy energy the score, around them. The guy who did the score uh, died. Know, he died. Man. Someone went into a do. coma. Come on, guys. Sharon I, Tate was murdered. No, but I feel like you could say that like about any. Stu- movie. That's what I mean. I feel like if you studied Avatar, right. you would find a few well, deaths connected to yeah. it. Besides, yeah, people committed suicide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They were like, Spaventa, I can't believe I'm... Spaventa well, actually, is an avatar Wizard apologist. Is a great example You're an avatar apologist? Love it. Saw a way of water twice. Oh, yeah. More like way off of water. <laughs> Am I right, Spaventa? I haven't seen it. Uh, uh, okay, so I just Hutch, think it's sexy blue man group. Here's one thing you realize is yes. that like Hutch is... Um, Things start going missing, right? So guy has this role. That guy fell into a coma. Everybody's getting hurt. Oh, no, he went blind. The main actor, that the guy was... The main actor went blind. And and then what it is is Hutch's glove goes missing. Right. He can't find his other glove. So yes. it's like little tiny little pieces that you end up seeing play out It's sort of a on. witchcraft. What's interesting is they say it's a Satanism film, but it's more but it of a witchcraft witch- film. Weren't the Trent sisters witches? Yeah, so it's a witchcraft right. film bringing about the devil. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I really do love about this film is that there's this idea of like, is like like you're like, is this real? Is this not real? Mm-hmm. Is this a dream? Is it not? And even the only time it gets real, really, is when she sees the baby and it essentially looks like the devil, mm-hmm. right? right? You know, it, it, that's we just she, see its eyes, right? We yeah. just see its eyes. And what I find interesting about all of it is the sort of um, one of the interesting things that's always depicted in Satanism is the idea of choice, right? Mm-hmm. That you have to make a choice. You can't be forced into. It's even the yeah. vampiric code of like mm-hmm. you have to invite them in, right? Right. And so even at the very end, he implores Roman implores. Uh, 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 Rosemary, would you feed him? Uh, please take care of me. Is your baby? Mm-hmm. Because you know Minnie can't do it because you know they're too old. And and she and he goes, it would be unnatural. Mm-hmm. Like very, <laughs> mm-hmm. like like it's such a crazy and this, by the way, we, line. We skipped in, fr- we skipped in front. The, the whole rest of the movie is oh yeah, essentially two steps forward, her, her step back, her thinking that one step forward, two steps back, her thinking, oh maybe I've got control of this and then some other thing whether it's you know 
whether it's Hutch Hutch going into a coma, whether it's Charles Grodin as what, what's his name in this? Uh, yeah, Hill uh, becoming and and you know essentially doing a heel turn and giving them up. Uh, it, it's gotten to the point where. You know, she's had the baby. She passed out. They said that she lost the baby. Mm-hmm. She starts to hear the baby's cries. Mm-hmm. She ends up going to... Uh, no, they ca- say she has the baby. It's a healthy boy. No, they said they lose the baby, right? Yeah, they, oh. They yeah. The baby. The, oh, and lose, then she hears it cry. She, and then she, she loses the baby, and then she realizes with a Scrabble board mm-hmm. that Roman's name is the name of the child, the son of these the witches. The son of the witches that Hutch was meeting her to give her that book yes. that day where he ends up yes. falling into a coma. And it's then always the book. It's always this book. Yep. That's, and uh, he has it earmarked and things underlined, and she's like, try, she's like, it's the title of the book, and then she realizes it's the name, yep. and the name turns out to be Roman Castavets. And you, what you realize just is just to think about when you watch Rosemary's Baby, if you're listening to this and you haven't, watch that and then watch something like, um, uh, what's that, fa- the, the sort of granddaddy of found footage movies? Blair uh, Witch? No, no, not Blair Witch. I'm sorry, the modern one, the house, the one in the house. Paranormal watch Paranormal Activity mm-hmm. and, and, and realize that almost there's so much mapping of Rosemary's Baby to Paranormal Activity. Well, the dynamic of like the no agency thing. The dynamic of no agency. Uh, the 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 psychic who almost comes in, but then you know the abandonment of people who could help, mm-hmm. yeah. but either because of circumstances hoisted on them or whatever. Well, there's the one guy who just bails. Yep, right. and that guy I mean, that bails. in like every horror movie. You and I have talked about this, how like in Misery, the cop comes in yeah. and then she kills him. But there's Rosemary's always Rosemary's Baby sets the tone for most of this. Like I was thinking about it, I go, I cannot think of a movie earlier than this that sets this many trope tones well. Like I'm sure. I mean, I, I guess Psycho, you could say, but that's Psycho was around the, the same time, though. Did it come out? No, in Psycho's year? 1960. So oh, Psycho really? came out beforehand, and but it's a different type of movie. This isn't the satanic stuff. This is no. just they set up like the the slasher, and somebody's a bad guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, but you 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 argue Psycho is is the slasher. It's sort of the slasher prototype, but I guess it's the psycho killer prototype. So it's more so it's like psycho killer prototype. Then you have the sort of mysterious witch magic book set by Rosemary's Baby. You have the possession archetype established by Exorcist, yeah. right? And Omen to right. some degree. Mm-hmm. And um, but like Psycho is like. Like in a lot of ways, like Texas Chainsaw is almost like an evolved psycho in some ways. Oh you know? yeah. yeah, I mean Texas Chainsaw to me um, is is uh, another brilliant template that has been exploited how many times? I played Leatherface in Austin at South by. Oh yeah, <laughs> I did Leatherface where he had gone through. You were actually Bow and Yang as well. I was Bow and Yang as Leatherface. You can't even do the impression. Can't even. I yeah. won't do it. But I, I had opened a series of spas called Pleasure Face by Leatherface. <laughs> Because I I had learned I had been to treatment yeah. and I had realized that I grew up in a I grew up in a toxic household and suffered abuse. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I thought you were talking about you for a second. I know I was like Anthony. So the end of the, the end of the, the climax of the movie, she ends up going to the Castavets apartment 
all the uh, she sneaks in through all the, the Satanisms closet. there. There is there is a Japanese photographer, so it's I mean that's so something odd. that that is something that Roman definitely borrowed from someone. But yes, uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, it's like so bizarre. It's so bizarre. They're also so mean to her, like that old woman that's oh, watching a, her yeah. and it's rocking that yes. that uh, old woman with the glasses. She doesn't know how to rock. She's like. She's like, you're doing it, you know, too hard. Like, yeah. you have to do it gently. And then they're like, it's your baby. You are the mother. And and she really does take in Satan. as I mean, because in the end, that is your kid, sequel. right? Like, She's the mother it, of Satan. It's like how these kids that go crazy that like, you know, like Klebold Adam and all Lanza. of these kids. Lanza. How? They still were someone's child and there has to be that moment where you're like I know they're a sociopath or insane but I have to love them because they came from me too no no if I had an Adam Lanz I'd be like put them in a meat grinder would you (laughs) absolutely I'd be like what a monster you wouldn't keep buying them guns you wouldn't (laughs) yeah I wouldn't be buying them guns and like leaving them for hours at a time but who's the first victim she was the first victim too she was exactly oh that's lesson learned isn't it it is lesson learned for all of us lesson learned there's a great book on Sandy Hook that just came out about all the aftermath and oh, all the disgusting shit Alex Jones did. Well, um, yeah, it's great. But I, 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 uh, I, I love this movie. I think one of the most fascinating things about this movie is almost every single movie we're going to talk about. There's a shitty sequel, mm-hmm. and there's none of that. They remade it to a mini series with the girl from um, with Zoe, Zoe uh, from Z- your Zaladana, favorite Avatar from Avatar, Zoe oh. Zaladana. Zoe they Zaladana. made it. I guess they made it into a son of, also son in of uh, Rosemary, stage, right? I, I forget what it was. I don't think so. Did they do Son of Rosemary? Is that a movie? No, there too? was another one that they were two. I think. Do they, they do Son of Rosemary? They and he's, did. I know for the Omen they do one where Sam Neill grows up, right? And he's, yeah, Omen mm-hmm. two, right? Yeah, yeah. He's the he's the, and then they do I think even an Omen three, but I, I didn't know if they did a. Yeah. They did an adaptation. Let's oh, see, television film. He, pu- he did a sequel. Look son what of Rosemary. happened. Look what happened to Rosemary's Baby, which was nineteen seventy six. And then in 2014, they did the one with uh, Zoe Saldana as Rosemary. And it was a two-part miniseries that aired on Mother's Day. Ruth Gordon, though, was in it. Ruth Gordon Gordon. returns as Minnie Cassavet. In in a... In in a... uh, uh, the one in Look what happened to Rosemary's Baby. I want to watch that one, actually. So they did do a sequel. I was totally wrong. It's a TV movie. But it wasn't Polanski didn't do it. Or did he? No, he didn't do it. No, no. Uh, Adrian must cope with the fact that he's Satan's kid and not living up to his expectations. Wait, who played him? Who I love that they're like, we'll call him Adrian. Who, who, who's, like, why? Who's playing? Okay, so Patty Duke is playing. Oh, uh, now Rosemary. they they changed. Yeah. Yes. Roman is Ray. Well, I was totally Mila. wrong on that. I had no idea. I thought they never made a sequel. Don't but. you love how media used to be where it was like totally normal to just swap somebody out from the lead role? Like there was no. But they did this no on television all the time. Television. They cast. did it all the time. They would have like a different sister on yep. a television or get show. Rid of a kid, like in right? Family Matters they did all together. Was well, a fa- Family Matters. I feel like family one matters, of the characters went upstairs and never came back. That yes. was the story. Yes. Also, did you guys ever watch um, Hogan Family? Yeah, of course. Sandy Duncan. So it was Valerie's family, and oh, then she I had mean, like a you're huge fight. <laughs> you're telling me? You're telling me? It was called Valerie Harper. Uh-huh. Then it was Valerie. They said that she that that she was too difficult to work yes. with, but the truth of the story was that she was asking for equal pay. Are to you the, fucking Yes, kidding? she wasn't. She was. I'm sure she was. As a lot of women in the industry were characterized in the 70s, 80s mm-hmm. as difficult. Mm-hmm. It was just that they wanted pay and they wanted to weigh right. in. She was fucking Rhoda. Yeah, well, everyone thinks like, it's like she Mariah, was Rhoda. Hey, Mariah Rhoda, Carey showing off. up. 
yeah. nine hours late to a film, which is something she did. A friend of mine worked on. She showed up. Mariah Carey can she do showed anything. up drunk to this Christmas it. special ten hours late with Floyd Mayweather, and they're just like, "What are we doing here?" Like, uh, that's there's... another level of crazy. <laughs> but I think when you have a sitting out in the sitcom, and then Sandy Duncan mm-hmm. and her eye and her glass eye, and her glass Peter eye, and mm-hmm. so she then took over, and then the, that show she is the aunt. took off. Yeah, she was the aunt. And wasn't Jason Bateman in that? Was the two twin boys? Was it Jason Bateman Jason was the older Bateman, brother? I think Jason Bateman was, and and then you had um for uh um you had a uh, uh, Facts of Life Jason where Bateman Cloris Leachman took over for for uh, uh, uh the woman who Mrs. played Garrett. Mrs. Garrett. Yeah. Jason Bateman was so yeah. lucky because none of his teen roles took off. None of them. Like, because he was, I know he's lucky, that, I think, because like, yeah. if one of them had taken off, he would have been known as that. He, he could yeah. have been, you know, could That's have been true. Steve Gutenberg. You know, he could have been like one of those guys, but because none of them did, he was able to move forward. But I, I love this movie. I think it's, <laughs> Probably top ten horror movies, right? Oh, of all for time, sure. I would say top. I'm five embarrassed. I didn't know me. there was a sequel. So that's my. That's I, my. I think it. But I, think I agree. Shit, and that's probably. Weird. I think it's right there with The Shining. I think that some of the great attributes of it are daytime brightness, yes. mm-hmm. light. Those things are terrifying to me when horrifying things are happening and it's daylight out. Yeah. Um, also, it has the sort of color palette of horror from that era mm-hmm. of like pale yellows, pale greens. Mm-hmm. So it's partly benefits from the fact that it co- it's it's set and in no an era. And no gimmicks. And there's no, there's not no, one well, gimmick. Except for the devil gloves. Yeah, Devil gloves devil- and the Japanese photographer. Those are the only <laughs> two gimmicks. Besides that. <laughs> How hilarious would that be if that was what was in the baby it was just he opened up and it's a, it's a yeah. Japanese hey. photographer's just taking a pic <laughs> you're like what did I do what did I give birth to I mean it's like straight from like the Globetrotters Gilligan's <laughs> Island specials like you're like what so, is this oh, and the craziest thing that we need to talk about with this movie which has nothing to do with the movie uh, is that in in Mia Farrow's party scene there is a guy who is in a, another cult have you ever seen Holy Hell no. There's an actual cult leader that's in that scene who then, like, he said in the cult, I was in Rosemary's Baby. That was the one legitimate thing he was in, and it's just a shot of him. And you'll see it. All the other was gay porn. And he told all these guys that he was this big film actor. He brought him on an island. The documentary is called Holy Hell. Oh. You have to watch it. Oh, like, I love cults. It is, it and he doesn't even cults. have a line. Like, he's an extra. No, in the he is an scene. extra. Uh, but in he's this. prominently featured, so I would call him a featured extra. Uh, but the funny thing about this is because he, like, you know, like every uh, every cult leader abuses their uh, abuses their. Also, power. every cult leader was an actor. That's another yeah. thing yes. I real every it's, or it's, a musician. Budafield. Or... It's called Budafield. That was yes. The, that was Budafield. and then Jamie Gomez is the, uh, the guy. is the guy yeah. who's the cult leader. So he's in the party scene uh, for our listeners. Uh, he's in the party scene that Rosemary throws her own party. With and that, that's where that. Sharon Tate is also in that. I didn't notice her. So Sharon Tate is in the young people's party. She wanted to do the role. Of course. But they weren't going to let her. She would not have been as good. Oh, God. No. God rest her. I mean, beautiful woman, but. Yeah, but not, uh, couldn't couldn't pull it off. Um, I I would argue, like, I feel like a lot of times watching horror for me, because I listen, I watch everything that comes out, everything and anything. I've watched The Witch in the Window on fucking Shudder. Like, I'll watch anything. 
And um, well, you have to come back to the show then. That's but I what it might and it's all because of my wife. I have to say. I was. Well, that's a, what we got into it, you know. I was like a mark. I was like only marquee horror, and I actually was very scared of horror movies, so like I wouldn't watch them. And she was the one who like got me fully locked to the degree now where I'm the one who's like, let's watch horror, and she's like, can we just like watch Parisian well, it's, Agency? It's, it's horrible to watch. <laughs> I love. Do you watch a lot of comedy? Because I, I don't. I don't watch as much. Com- <laughs> I don't watch as much comedy as I, I, I hate comedy. I mean, I watched the Tim Robinson show last night. Uh, I think Tim that guy's pretty show. great. Yeah. But, I um, should watch that. No, it's so no it is. I, I mean, I, I guess I've never seen, you know, you I get resentful more, watching good you get, stuff. You well, get a, that's why, that's why a lot I've of I've never seen sketch done this way, which is like his style, which oh, is, uh, so good. It's really good. But, um, but that's like when you were said you had your own show. So he was someone on SNL. Now we're going into the real, the weeds here. But the fact that he's able to be who he is in this show is probably like what you had with the president show. You've right? got to come like you, you to were some able degree, to yeah. I was able of, to do what I wanted to do knowing that I probably was going to uh, drum myself right out of a TV show. Well, wait, wait, <laughs> I've, been in a, I've been in a decent amount of rooms and Anthony is probably the one that I've been in writers that people talk about most glowingly as far as having worked for him. And, oh. and so do producers and directors. I don't oh, know. That's I'm just, no, I'm sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I like it. I, all I learned was from managing a restaurant. <laughs> I ran my TV show the way I learned how to manage John's pizza. Didn't, wait, but didn't you end no up joke. fucking no, that I guy's wife and ruining their marriage? <laughs> no, that was uh, that was different. That was <laughs> Elephant Walk. That was Elephant Walk. That was a totally different place. Uh, that was uh, before I went to LA. That was 1996. I, so, Anthony, one of the questions that we ask our guests: Where do you think this goes? the next scene like what do you think happens after that scene where she's rocking the baby yeah because that yeah. ruins a horror movie we've realized that right. ruins every horror movie it ruins everything i think that they probably the next scene is like the door shutting in their apartment and guys like well so it wasn't that bad i mean you know i mean you know it, it, it so the kid you know he, it'll take a little getting used to rosemary and rosemary's sort of being like yeah I guess so. And then they like have a wine and they put the baby down and, and he's like, I'm going to go, I need to go look at some more lines. <laughs> and she goes to read a book and falls asleep. Does she read, <laughs> does she read the book that Hutch gave her? About no, all she did. No, she, she looks at guy. I for yeah, yeah. She looks at guy and she goes, I don't think we need this anymore. And she throws it out the window. The book. She just hucks yeah. it out the window uh-huh. and it hits a, it hits a young John Lennon in the head and he gets killed in 1965. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's a wrap. Anthony, uh, what do you what do you want to promote? <laughs> he still dies in front. You cannot you cannot bend time. Um I want to promote my podcast is out. It's called Don't Panic. Maybe it's already over. Maybe they've already canceled it. I don't know. We don't know. Maybe Dan's been a guest. Maybe he hasn't been. I hope I at least if I get rejected from the host and the guest, I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> if then the new host doesn't want to if they if they shoot down me as a guest, that's it for me and No, that won't happen because I'll insist. <laughs> uh and then uh uh Coffee with Tony on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash coffee with Tony. That'll be coming back. My Patreon, the uh, patreon.com, the real Tony. And of course, uh, watch uh, 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 what we do in the shadows, which came out on July 13th. So you can watch all of them on Very, Hulu. One of the funniest mm-hmm. shows. And uh, I play the neighbor Sean. So beloved. <laughs>
All right, oh, thank you, dude. Thank you so much. Come back thank anytime. You for having me. Follow the show on Instagram and TikTok at the It Couple Podcast. And if you have a question or comment about horror movies, send us an email at the It Couple Podcast at gmail.com. Also, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts so more people can find the show. Tune in next week for The Toxic Avenger with our guest, Dolph Ziggler. Gruesome, huh? Have you ever met my mother-in-law? Now that's gruesome.